Hey everyone, before we jump into today's episode, I would like to ask if you would be willing, and if you are willing, if you would be able to, go over to iTunes and leave a rating or a review for our podcast. Uh, Katie and I are highly motivated to keep this podcast going, and we love making goals for ourselves, and we decided to try to grow the ratings and reviews over on iTunes, because that's kind of like a fun visible I guess, tracker. It's like a little bit of an indicator as to how many people this podcast is reaching and whether or not it's having an impact on people in a positive way. And so if you could help us, we want to reach a thousand ratings or reviews by the end of the year. I think when I looked today, it was at like 764 or something. And uh, so if you could leave a, a review, we love reading those. They mean so much to us. Or if you're able to even just go over and, and do a rating, hit the we ideally the five-star rating, please go over to iTunes, leave your rating or review. And, uh, and that's all I have to say. We'll get going in today's episode. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. Katie, I, I can only speak for myself. And so that's what I'm going to do right now. Okay. And I think I'm getting more and more comfortable and accustomed to the new podcast setup. Yeah, I know. I am too. Did, did I tell him what Xander said in our first episode? I don't think so, but that is a funny thing. Okay, so, you can so say that. Yes. our a neighborhood boy that plays with our kids sometimes, he was out here playing and the garage door was open and he looked inside and saw the podcast studio and he was like, are you guys good morning, America? <laughs> and it just like made our day. I'm like, yes. We're like, yes, our podcast set looks official. <gasps> Anyways, yeah, I think of that every time I come out here now. Yeah. He's seven, so... Yeah, so I don't whatever. So that you know, it's not like it was like a twenty-seven-year-old. Yeah, that said that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I hope not. We did have a twenty-seven-year-old come to our house one time. Yes. Out in Dufer, where we were milking our cow, and he could not believe that milk came from cows because he thought it was like just a chemical that was made, like just created. It didn't actually like come from an animal. No way. Yeah. So that wow. blew his mind. So that was exciting to be a part of that. Yeah. Okay, so do you want to talk about, do you just want to dive into this? I kind of do. Unless there's some other things like, you know, housekeeping things you need to address. No, I don't think so. You're just ready to dive in? I think let's just go. Yeah, this this episode, I do need to say, Katie's doing all of the heavy lifting on this episode. Uh, And you'll see why when you you hear the content matter. uh, And I'm grateful that you're willing to dive into it. Well, I don't know if I... If I should be, because you're the one who's going to say, yes, this is right, or no, this is wrong. That's what wrong. I mean. I'll say yay or nay, and I feel like that's going to be easy for me to do. I'll be okay. able to validate what you're saying, or challenge it, or negate it. Okay, so, good. So, yeah, he doesn't know what I'm going to say. I'm not saying that my role's not important in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm just saying you're doing all of the heavy lifting. You did all the preparation. I think there's probably a lot more well-spoken and well-studied thoughts on this concept no but no nothing better than yours stop than you but this is just going to be one woman's opinion so as always take this back to scripture see what it says this is a great discussion to have with your husband i'm sure that it is individualized as well like all of our marriages are some things are going to some biblical concepts will morph like there's little flex in them obviously Hmm. because i am 
created to love Elisha specifically and to help him specifically and to respect him specifically. So while there's going to be some overlap in our marriages, your husband might feel differently about some of the things that we share. So this whole concept is when and how to respectfully challenge, maybe even argue or disagree with your husband. And if you think you're really good at this, as far as, oh, I'm good at speaking up, I'm good at sharing what's on my mind, all those things, then you might want to go to episode 29, where we talk on submission. Because I find that... Women tend to lean one way or the other. We did the submission talk first because that is the one that's naturally harder for me. And so I think I overlooked this other aspect of misinterpreting submission um, because cultures made submission synonymous with abuse instead of this beautiful authority structure that God designed. So there can be mutual love and respect and just this thriving relationship that God intended. So there's a danger when we throw out submission of leaving God's design. And that's what culture really does. They just say, just throw it out, just get rid of it altogether. And then whenever we're leaving God's design, there's death. There's death in a relationship or there's death to something. Yeah. I mean, originally there was death to the body, like there's spiritual death and physical death from the first person that departed from God's ways. Yeah. So we don't want to leave God's design. Like his design was intentional. It was purposeful. And the flip side though, throwing out submission, I think is misinterpreting it. And I had three different conversations recently that made me want to do this episode. Hmm. And I kind of told you about three of them. Yeah, yeah. So one was where submission was just flat out abused. The husband used the term, you need to submit to me, which the Bible is very clear on. That is not the husband's role to tell his wife to submit to him. This is up to the wife to decide to do so. Um, And she ended up really walking down this path of sin over years and years and years because in the name of submitting, this wife was doing things that her husband wanted her to do that were outside of what God wanted. Hmm. And so it was disobeying scripture. Uh-huh. And that's something that's just never okay. Yeah, it was sinful. Yeah, it was sinful. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the first concept of this. If this first woman is maybe someone who is dealing with a husband that's abusing this term, that would hmm. be the first um, example. This, this woman is now many decades old uh, and just had a hard time because of this, this path that was walked on. The second woman I talked to, these are all women that are really close to me, um, love God so much and had such a desire to be in his plan. And she thought that coming up with an idea on her own was not allowing her husband to lead. She was so scared of being outside God's will. She didn't want to confront her husband when she saw issue maybe in what he was doing. She didn't want to disagree with him because she's like, I love God. I love his plan. I want to stay in his plan. And God says to submit. So because of this misinterpretation of what submission was, she didn't feel like she could ever make her voice heard. Hmm. And then this third woman, and these are all kind of like, uh, outlines, themes uh, that you might, categories, I guess, if you will, Mm -hmm. that you might fall into, is just someone that's maybe naturally more timid. Uh, You're maybe more naturally servant-hearted, not so outgoing or out there, and you just kind of keep your opinion to yourself, and you don't really let your husband know Hmm. what you think of. Hmm. So those are kind of like three different conversations, literally within the last month, with three different women that I had, where I was like, oh, like, I would love to do 
kind of discuss how it looks to challenge your husband in an appropriate way. Not that I'm good at this. Well, that's, I think that that's where you do have a, a lot in my, from my perspective, you have a lot of credibility because, uh, you know, despite our youth and the, obviously the lack of experience that we have in marriage time-wise, I do think that you've grown so much in a short amount of time in not just giving into your per, your natural personality traits and where you might, because I think that our, you have every, you've got f- the full support of both the Christian and the culture and the secular culture to support you if you wanted to just give in 100% to your personality traits. They would praise you for it because you are a take charge person, you get things done, you're extremely goal oriented and uh, you know you've done all the, you've done all the personality tests and you know you're the you're the you're the you're the number and the name and and the personality that gets stuff done, right? Uh, that's always how you score in the personality tests and uh, that is a great qual. Those are, those can be great things to have, but early on in our marriage, you did those according to how you saw best, how you best saw fit. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't in a way that we felt like we were united in. And early on, it wasn't in a way that I felt like I was leading it. And so instead of just giving into your personality trait and saying, this is a good thing. Look at every book everywhere. Every, you know, pastor everywhere, every person's commending me for this, just get on board. You went to God's word and you didn't suppress your personality. You didn't say, oh, I'm going to, you know, dwindle away and the, this, this beautiful flower is now going to die. And if you, you said, wait, how can I now submit myself to God's word and to my husband and use the strengths of my personality according to his plan? Aww. Thank you. Oh, no. Thank you. Are you kidding me? (laughs) You're very kind. Elisha overlooks a lot of my imperfections, and you're just really gracious. I'm really grateful for you. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, that was really nice. I hope to grow into that glowing report. But as helpers, we're supposed to be our husband's helpers, right? And as females, we were intended to have a different point of view, a different perspective. God designed us with different emotions than men, not different emotions, but different expressions, uh, different intuition. We have a different nature. We're typically more prone to nurture, where men are more challenged to protect, provide, defend, and live in those roles. And what good is that different perspective that God gave us if we just always keep it under wraps? Hmm. Like there was intended to be, I believe, this discussion and this back and forth. Yeah. And so I just, I was looking through Esther today and I just think this is such an incredible, there's so many things we can pull from this. So Esther had incredibly, like starkly opposing beliefs and desires to the king. Hmm. They were directly opposed, but she was respectful. She was his teammate. She made him feel that, that way. And I, I, man, I just love this. You guys just go read Esther, see what you can pull out from this. I love in chapter five, verse one, it said she put on her royal apparel. And first, this is in chapter five, verse two, she obtained favor in his sight. And how she approached him, she said, if it seems good to the king. And I just think all those things are so good. So like when you're disagreeing with your husband, when you're challenging him or when you have issue with something, Mm -hmm. a part of his leadership, I love that. First of all, she thought, okay, how can I please him? Mm -hmm. How can I find favor in his sight? She cared about how she presented. She cared about 
what are you thinking? Why are you smirking? Well, I'm, I'm just so excited that you're going to start talking to me that way now. You're going to say, if it pleaseth the king. I was very I, convicted. I was convicted. I mean, just, I don't know. <laughs> this is going to be fun going on from here on out in life. <laughs> and you talk if to me like that and approach me like that. the king. <laughs> no, Elisha, I was really convicted. You say that jokingly, but I think there's something to this. Uh, verse 6, he says, what is your petition and it shall be granted unto you. And what is your request? Even to half the kingdom, it shall be performed. Hmm. So if you say that, I'll say the first part. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that crazy? This showed he loved her. He wanted to please Mm -hmm. her. And also he trusted her because he said up until half the kingdom, it's going to be performed. He was like, I trust your judgment. I trust you're on my side. You aren't going to say, give me the throne. Give me the you know, your crown, I'm going to beat you on the head with it. Mm -hmm. He really was open to what she had to say. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's like the ground starting point for a healthy discussion. If, I don't know, like if if the other person is wanting to please us, we're like so far ahead. Yes. And actually being able to help change the heart. Yes. Like you said, that started from that ground zero, that I mean, it's easier said than done. Oh, way, way. But it, that is a that really changes everything. If you've got this un, I guess, all you know, this unhindering confidence that your spouse just has your best interest in mind, your family's best interest in mind, then certainly you're, you they'll have your ear as well when you bring up a, a petition, as it were, to to them. And this goes both ways. I think it really goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. And so I love just the approach, like how we approach has so much to do with, it's like setting the foundation for the words that we say. And if it's gentle, humble, respectful, something that's been big for me that I think I'm getting better at is not addressing something that I take issue with in the heat of the moment. Hmm. This isn't always the case, but I think the more things are mad, like if it's a really big issue, I'm starting to wait a little bit more. Would you say that? Yes. And that blesses me because that's my preference. Well, I think it's everyone's preference because it's usually not as emotional. If you wait until the emotion is kind of subsided, you've had time subsided. You've had time to think about it, pray about it. Prayer is huge. Esther prayed so much. Uh, Then it's just going to naturally be received a lot better. Uh, Esther didn't go in. I mean, this guy is going to kill all her family. Everyone that she knows and she's not going in there bawling saying you don't love me you don't care about me or my best interest or she wasn't questioning his judgment I think this is something that I need to get better about because I think a lot of times I will ask Elisha questions and they come off is distrustful or questioning mm, your judgment. Like accusations. Yes, yeah. yes. You'll be like, you'll use those words like you're accusing me. I'm like, I'm not accusing you. I'm asking you a question. But the question is accusatory to his judgment. Mm. Or that's how it's received. Yeah. Even though that's not how it's intended. Sure. That's how it's received. So that's been something that for me is something but, I And really I'm so grateful on. that you take responsibility, not just in what's said, but in what's perceived and received too. You know, like that's such a trait of a of somebody that is is a leader and somebody that cares about accurate communication. Um, because you could just say, well, I know what my intention was. That's his problem oh, yeah. for taking it the wrong way. But instead you say, he took it He took it the wrong way. Clearly, I could do better at communicating this, and, and I want to do the same thing. Where instead of just saying, hey, my intentions were good, 
they just misunderstood me the entire time saying, no, I, I need to take responsibility for not only my intentions, but also to an extent in a healthy relationship, what they hear, what they receive from me and how they perceive it. Yeah. And vice, you've been really gracious to me in that as well. And I love, uh, Seven, chapter seven, verse three. Then Esther the queen answered and said, when he asks, you know, what do you want? I'll give you my left arm. She said, if I have found favor in thy sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be given to me at my petition and my people at my request. So she goes into saying, we were sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, to be perished. Like she's saying exactly what's on her heart, Mm -hmm. I guess. If you go and you read the passage, she's saying, She's like very firm. She's very straightforward, but she's also very respectful. Hmm. And she's not accusing him. She's just straight up saying, this is my concern with the situation. I thought that was really good. So he not only loved her, but he also respected her because she just keeps asking for stuff. Hmm. I think this is the funny thing. I think I always thought of Esther as like, oh yeah, she she did the two dinners, right? She did the one, she kind of warmed him up. (laughs) Then she did the second one. And was like, hey, you're going to murder everybody. But then she, in chapter eight, verse five, wanted something else. He wanted her, she wanted him to reverse the letters. And then in nine, verse chapter 13, she says she wanted to hang hangman's 10 sons. And he's just like, okay, you say it, we're doing it. You say it, we're doing it. She just keeps asking. Once he, once she had his ear, he was so open and she just kept making these requests known. Wow. And I thought it was really cool. And then in chapter 9, verse 29, it says, Then Esther the queen wrote with all authority to confirm this second letter of Purim. So then she's, he's full on giving her all the authority to Mm. write whatever she wants to write. I just think this is so cool. Yeah. Because she came in as a nobody. Hmm. And she also was serving a king who was not this righteous God honoring right. Jew, you know, who shared our same faith and everything else. And I thought that was pretty noteworthy too. Yes. Anyways. So I love what you're drawing out from that. What do you, how do you think this looks in a 21st century <laughs> Christian marriage? I'm going to get him. Okay. So first of all, I think there's a lot of things. One, I read this book. Again, I wish I knew what this book was, but it was describing, describing, I think it was love and respect. It was describing how men are naturally, they're quicker to be aggressive. Okay. This doesn't always mean anger, but they can just quickly, more quickly be aggressive. So when a woman comes at a man aggressively, she can just chill out pretty quickly after like snapping at him or Mm. telling him something she doesn't like. But if it's like a really good man in order to keep from getting aggressive and angry he'll often just shut down Hmm. and so this might be where we see our husbands just leave the room be like i'm not talking about this right now not answer us it's because they're like keeping themselves from escalating sure and so i thought that was interesting Yeah, i've done that before oh yeah this is why it stuck out to me because, (laughs) (laughs) because definitely i will just make a comment and elisha's just like out See ya. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think some things that have been really helpful for us, the courageous conversation. Yes. We need to link that in the episode notes for the episode that we go over the courageous conversation. Because hmm. that's a very, very helpful way for you to be heard as a wife and for him to be heard as a husband. So I think that's just an incredible tool. So I think first, these are the things I'm pulling out. One, find favor with our husbands. Hmm. 
if we aren't someone that he's wanting to please, he's not going to listen naturally if we are coming and opposing him. Hmm. I mean, think of it in the flip side. This is just human nature. If I'm not someone, if, if Elisha is not, you know, making me feel loved and cherished and whatever, if he comes at me and says, hey, I have a problem with what you're doing, it's going to be really hard to receive that. In yeah. a nice way. But you know, it's, it's crazy. And I don't want to deviate too much from, from what you're saying, but I've just been thinking about this from my perspective and from a husband's perspective. And it is so wild for me to think that, uh, you know, a man would not, not only be open to hearing wisdom and input and insight, and that could come sometimes in the form of a challenging a decision, um, from his wife, but that he doesn't welcome it. And I know that there's, there's come times and I know that this has happened in our marriage. So it's not like, I've never experienced this. So, cause there's been times where we've kind of been at odds with each other and I don't want to hear what you have to say. And you don't really want, you don't really like what I'm doing, um, with our, maybe with the direction that we're going. And these weren't long seasons, but it's happened before. So I, I, I understand that that just comes up in relationships, but just from a practical standpoint, it's like you love this person, you admire them, you respect them, you know they've got the spirit of the living God living within them. They are a, they are female, they see things differently, they view things differently, they feel things differently. Like they're, what God's revealing to them might have a different, might be different than what, what, it's re, what he's revealing to you. The, like not tapping into that insight, into that wealth of knowledge and safety. You know, the Proverbs tell us in the counsel of many, there is safety. And to have the counsel of a wife is such, a, and I mean, you're a woman of God. And so I'm beyond major blessed in this way. But the, if you if you married your woman, your wife, it's because you admired her to some extent and you loved her, you cherished her, you know, you're attracted to her, but there had to be a level of you were grateful and respected and admired the way she thought and she viewed the world and to just shut off from that. Maybe it, maybe there's been hurt built up and all those things, but to remember that and be like, wait a second, this is like, who wouldn't want that? This isn't again, going back to this, isn't like a 50, 50 partnership where it's like, Oh, of course, they want to do what's best for the company because we both want to turn a profit in this business. It's like, no, you're literally the same person. Like no man hateth his own flesh. And when the wife's coming to you, she's like, this is us. This is our marriage. This is our life. Clearly she wants what's best for your life collectively. Um, yeah, I don't know. I know that you're speaking to women, but from a man's perspective, it's like, if that's not happening, work on creating a space for your wife to feel like she can be heard and she can share her concern. I think of how many stupid things I avoided doing because you had the courage and the love and the care for us to just bring up your concern in a respectful way. And I also think of some of the times that you bit your tongue where I did stupid things that, you know, like maybe that was good because I had to learn from my own (laughs) mistakes, but I don't know. There's just such an advantage, such an, uh, it's just such an advantage to the husband, to hear the wisdom, the the discernment, the concern of his wife. Well, I will say this. You ask me for my opinion a lot, whether you want to hear it or not. And that makes me feel like so loved. I feel like, oh, he cares what I have to say. And I love that I can share that opinion. 
and that we have, I love that we have so much open dialogue and you don't shut me out of your life. And and what I love is that you really do, because I think the responsibility does fall on the husband, regardless of who you feel like is making the decision or whose idea it was, the responsibility still falls on, on the man. And I think that you respect that too. You're going to give your input. You're, you might challenge it, a, an idea in a respectful way, but I think I'm held responsible for our decision as a family. And, and you know that. And so you, you definitely, you give me, you, like, you give me space to make that decision too. Well, something that I wrote down here was ultimately I love, ultimately, oh, I hate myself for using that word so much. Okay, so just approaching him out of the emotion with the emotion that I want to receive. So if I'm approaching Elisha with this very closed-minded, there is only one right way, he's probably going to approach me with, well, there's only one right way and it's mine. Mm. Or that's going to be a natural tendency. Mm. Or if I have this openness to, this is what's on my heart. I want to hear what's on your heart. You know what? Yes. There's probably more behind this than what I'm seeing. Then I'm. Then there's a bigger chance that he's going to be more open to hearing what I have to say, and maybe being like, "Well, I'm open to not being totally right in this yes. situation either." So I think that's important. I also think like if it's a really big thing, sitting down and being like, "Okay, just you know, like we're away from the situation, right? This has happened a few days ago. This means a lot to me," mm-hmm. or. I really need you to hear me because I have a concern and I just, I need you to hear me on this. Mm -hmm. You know, just starting out like, okay, this is important. This isn't trite. This isn't like I've thought about this. I prayed about it. I planned for it. Will you hear me out on this? And just like establishing some sobriety or like seriousness around the discussion, because I think sometimes this will happen with Elisha and this will happen with me where we'll just like throw out something in a flippant manner, but it actually means a lot to us. And then when the other spouse treats it in a flippant manner, it's like, you're hitting really close to home. Like this matters to me. Right. And I think I've definitely done that with you. And I've done it with you too, (laughs) for sure. Yeah. And so I think that's important as well. And then what I was getting to though, was ultimately the king, right? Or our husband, our head, he does have the final decision. And if he knows that he has the final decision, and he has, I want to work on this. I want Elisha to know okay. that you have the final decision when I come to you for things and you have my support in that. And I want to make that known and I want to make sure my heart's in that place before I approach Elisha. Hmm. And then he will feel that responsibility. Hmm. If he knows like, well, I can't really blame it on my wife because she's the one who forced my hand here. Right. Then he's going to treat it a lot more serious because hmm. he knows he has the ultimate responsibility before God for the kids, for the relationship, for whatever it is. That's yeah. That's such a real thing too. I just remember like <laughs> as a kid trying, like you felt like you're at odds with your parents. Yeah. And once they were like, well, you know what? Oh yeah. If you, if you think it's best, we're going to let you make the decision. We're, we're going to stop arguing with you with on this. It's up to you. You do what you, and you're like, Oh Why? no, wait a second. Like it's up to me. And I feel like that's even happened in marriage. You've done that with me actually, where right? I've been like fighting you on stuff. And then you're like, you know what, whatever you want to do. And I'm just like, no, come on. Like I wanted your, I wanted your approval yes. for what I was doing. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. I your wanted sponsorship. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I wanted you backing me. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's what a husband's looking for too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and then you made a joke of it, but a, something I'm taking away that I'm very convicted by is approaching our husbands like kings, not in a patronizing way, 
I think it'd be really hard to speak like that and not have Elisha feel patronized. <laughs> but if we approach our husbands like kings instead of like fools, there's a big chance that they will act like one. <laughs> I'm not joking. I think you're right too. Yeah. Cause even we're going to get a different sp- response. Cause a lot of wives, at least wife humor is like, my husband's a total fool. Right. And that's how, yeah. I mean, that's, that's how like sitcoms and modern day culture just portrays the husbands. Yeah. yeah the husbands. And we and act like, Oh, it's humor. It's like, can't you take a joke? But it's like, no, that's very specific. Satan tearing down the leaders of homes. Yeah. And it just, enables men to be act in such a way and then and i think it enables women to to really live in a disrespectful way yeah yeah like if esther had the ability say it was the 21st century back then and she was able to just go and be like you know what you're doing a terrible job as king i have a way better idea this is going to be the idea we're doing this the same thing would have happened and the king wouldn't have he would probably been nursing his wounds in a hole somewhere. Well, he wouldn't have, been, he wouldn't have loved her. He wouldn't like have loved her. her. He yeah. would have resented her. He would yeah. have been bitter. He wouldn't be stepping up when it came to their kids or when it came to loving her or taking care mm-hmm. of her. It's just like, okay, take care of yourself. You got it. Yeah. I'm going to go over here. And, and I'm not saying either one's the right response, but. Yeah. I think that this is, it's like when you get too fixated on the specific task or like request that you're bringing instead of the big picture, like the health of your marriage, the health of your family, then it's a lot of harm happens. I think when, when, when you go with that mindset, like I, like, you know, this, what I need this we need to spend our money in this way. This is a hypothetical, like, and so you go there, like that is the objective. And if you get your objective and it all works out with the money stuff, you're like, well, like proves my point. See that all worked out so great. And that's usually, that's oftentimes how it's like presented. Just kind of like, well, it's a good thing. You, it's a good thing. You told your husband what's what, huh? Like yeah. you saved that money and you kept the lights on in the house. Uh, but really what it did is it tore down something that's far more valuable than the electricity bill. Oh, and I good. think that that isn't always communicated in the big picture of things. That's profound, Elisha. Profound, huh? It is. <laughs> that's really good. I think some things we need to be open to when we're approaching our husbands. Sometimes they don't need a change. We do. Sometimes the things that bother us are actually DNA that God's wired into them for a purpose. Hmm. Sometimes we're wrong. Sometimes we have to change our expectations and ask God's forgiveness for trying to squish his big picture plan for, say, my husband into my small view of comfortable reality. Sometimes the things that God's calling our husbands to, sometimes the visions he's calling them to, or the dreams or the actions or the plans don't fit into our comfort zones Hmm. don't fit into how we would plan out life. And I think there have been times for sure when God's leading Elisha and I have a different plan Hmm. and I view it as Elisha and I opposing each other instead of, well, maybe God's leading him. Maybe I need to seek the Lord on this and Mm -hmm. ask for a change of heart and be open to a reality. That's not, you know, my perfect, Hmm. what I think. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's some things we need to be open to. And ob- obviously, sometimes our husbands need to hear our intuition, our warning, and our wisdom. And they need to hear what we have to say. And mm. so be bold in communicating to your husband. Yes. As something I would encourage you in and something I want to I want to do, but in a in a healthy way. I think Proverbs 21.1, if God wants to change the king's heart, he can. But sometimes the king is already doing his will. 
Hmm. You know, God says that he can change the king's heart like a river and direct it wherever he wants. So we can pray. And sometimes that king's heart doesn't need to be changed. Yes. Wow. That's crazy, Katie. And also, I mean, I know you touched on this briefly, but maybe I'll just be revisiting this and maybe it's redundant that I'm saying it. But this is not talking of things that are explicitly against, that are sin, that are against yeah. God's commands. Because um, I think that's when you can, you would always want to do it in a respectful and a loving way, but but be hard-nosed about it. Say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going along with it. You know, because I could say, hey, I've got a great idea, Katie. <laughs> like, finances are kind of tough. Actually, you know what? Finances are fine, okay? But we need more adventure in our in our marriage. So we're going to go rob some banks, you and me. Like, I really feel like this is important for us to have some shared experiences that are going to grow our marriage. And we're going to put on masks and go in with shotguns and hold up a bank and rob the bank. Won't that be a cool experience? Like, you could, it, that's a it's a perfect scenario. And that's probably a very common scenario, too, for the, <laughs> for the wife to say. Stop. <laughs> to say. It no. sounds like a good time if we gave the money back. No, uh, to say, no, this is wrong and sinful. Like, I'm yes. not going to go along. I'm not going to go along with this. Yes. And that goes back to the first woman, like character, character yes. that I described. That only leads to a life of sin and death. And yes. we have to be willing to love God above loving our husbands. And so in, in that, if our husband wants us to do something sometimes, or we have to love our husbands enough to say, no you need to get help for this. Mm -hmm. I'm not going along with it. I'm willing to stand by you and support you in, in other ways, but this isn't something I'm going along with because I'm a daughter of the King and just drawing a very firm line. Yeah. And again, seeking to please your husband, love him, approach him kindly about it and all those things, but then holding this really hard standard when it mm -hmm. comes to God and his principles. What? Why? You just get like these smirks on your face. No, you're ultra sensitive to my micro <laughs> no, expressions over here. Whatever you're thinking about is coming out on your face. Sorry. Well, it'll just be between you and me later. Yeah, I know. I love this, Katie. Do you have, or is, did you put your notebook down? So I'm assuming that was. I put my notebook down. No. Yeah. And, and that wasn't like all conclusive or whatever. I probably said a lot of things you can like pick apart, but my heart is just that we communicate boldly. We stand by the Bible and we communicate to our husbands Yeah, and we do it in a respectful way. Yes. And that's such an advantage. And I mean, I really do think that's a biblical picture of the marriage of two becoming one and working and, and, and the wife truly being that help me. They're coming along. She's coming alongside and they're with one mind pursuing this vision in the, in the leadership structure that God created and talking about it, you know, talking about like submission from this standpoint is kind of like taking what could come of the other if there's pendulums being swung, you know, mm -hmm. because culture might say one thing about submission to say, you know, that's, it's only used for abuse. If it's only used for abuse, it's terrible. It's, it's wrong. You know, you need to be your own person and what, forget what the Bible even says about it. Yeah, you just, know, this just is throw just, it out. It's just throw dangerous. it out. Um, and then on the other hand, like you said, you can misinterpret it and not even walk in the beauty of the role that God gave you as a wife and really do your husband a disservice and your marriage a disservice. And, and so I think that being able to 
see that those are those are potential pitfalls of of misinterpreting scripture scripture, yeah because that's not what god intended and yeah something that i probably didn't communicate that well is just submission is not a cage submission is not a muzzle if that's what it is in your marriage and you feel like your hands are tied you can't speak you can't that's that's not at all what it is Mm -hmm. it's it's a heart posture it's a lot of different things that are beautiful but it's not not sharing what's on your heart not crying before your husband not petitioning him not pleading those things are all healthy and good in a marriage yes and and extremely helpful to the husband (laughs) okay well that was great katie well yeah i don't know it's just it's such a big concept you know yes so just talk about it with your husband and hopefully it's encouraging to your marriage or just brings up more discussion yes discussion is so good like i love when elisha and i will read a book we'll listen to a podcast we'll do something we take it to the other person and we have conversations around a topic that we haven't had before yes and that's just kind of what i hope that this is and ultimately again you're taking it back to god's word yes because i hope to really grow in this area with you Hmm. well i think you're awesome in this area (laughs) so with that said we'll conclude today's episode thank you for doing this katie that was awesome are you kidding you were here too (laughs) again I'm grateful for all the reading you did regarding this. All right. We will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye.